Let's turn to the final bit of uh, today's one, two, three show, and we end of and we end on the final short story of today, and it is called Family Dinner, and it's written by April Fung, who was the first prize winner of the adult category. Congratulations once again to you, April Fung, and this story is read out by me. The September heat in Hong Kong is stifling. As Ah Ying walks on the streets, teeming with impatient pedestrians, she begins to feel foolish for saying yes to a family dinner tonight. It never ends without some kind of drama. Last year, the dinner took place not long after Ah Ying's grandfather passed away, and second uncle and third uncle had a row about the will. Her grandfather was by no means a rich man, but for some reason, his meager earthly possessions. Namely, a stainless steel cooking pot older than herself and a kitschy ceramic vase became highly sought after in that family dinner. Finally, the vase was claimed by second uncle, since he was the oldest rightful heir now, and the cooking pot by third uncle. There was nothing else left, so he may as well take it. Then, taking the lead, he stormed out of the restaurant with his wife and three sons in tow. Ah Ying's mother, the youngest and the only female among the four children of the Low family, simply looked on in silent resignation. This year, Uncle Three had declared in their family's WhatsApp group with a curt "We will be busy," so the five of them will not be joining the Low family's annual mid-autumn dinner. Nobody has bothered to ask what keeps them busy, and the subject has been quickly buried by an oncoming tidal of messages. Second uncle has a habit of forwarding them tons of typo-infested messages, ranging from "Alert! Eating abalone will cause cancer," to "Make quick money while sitting at home on your couch." He claimed they were extremely important when Ah Ying's father asked him to stop spamming their WhatsApp group with junk. A large bead of sweat is rolling down Ah Ying's face. She wipes it with the back of her hand, and her elbow accidentally hits someone from behind. What the? Out of my way! The man curses aloud while impatiently maneuvering his huge cart of mooncakes amidst the sea of pedestrians, all seeming to be moving forward with a sense of purpose. Perhaps they all have a family gathering to attend to on this mid-autumn night. Perhaps half of them are unwilling, and yet using up their excuse, are obliged to make their presence known. Go with us this year again, Ah Ying's mother had urged some weeks ago. Your grandmother will be happy to see you. She doesn't have much time left. That left little room for argument. Ah Ying's grandmother lives in a nursing home, but truth be told, it is her own little world that she lives in. Ever since her first stroke, when Ah Ying was studying in secondary school, her physical condition has been deteriorating year after year. Now the ghost of a formerly fiery matriarch of the family, she sleeps, eats, stares into nothingness, and repeats the same process the next day. Even when her sons were fighting each other over her husband's will in last year's dinner, as in the previous ones, she remained like a goldfish. Her eyes unblinking, foamy spittle gathering at the corner of her droopy mouth. That night, 
while studying her wheelchair-bound grandmother, an idea struck Ah Ying. It wasn't so bad to be her grandmother after all. In that dinner, she helped herself to glass after glass of cheap house wine. Was it to celebrate her discovery of an inconvenient truth? Was it to hide herself from the family drama behind the wine glass? She couldn't say for sure. Smiling wryly at the memory, Ah Ying thinks to herself, "What drama will unfold this time?" She takes a look at her watch. Six o eight p.m. Picking up her pace, she walks briskly to a mooncake shop. Now the eldest among all grandchildren attending this year's family gathering, she had been tasked with buying the mooncakes they always share at the end of the dinner as a ritual. Squeezing herself into a crowded shop, she snatches a box she manages to reach, pays, and leaves. The restaurant looks like it's about to collapse as mobs of families swamp the place. There is a long queue already when Ah Ying reaches the restaurant. Meanwhile, those who have come early enough to secure a table frown at the slow waiters, and the slow waiters agilely tiptoe around the demanding patrons' profanities. Gathering at this old Chinese restaurant has been a family tradition the Low family have kept for many years. So even with the deteriorating food quality and the unpleasant service, no one has ever suggested a change of place. Nor have they bothered to. Over the years, they've been too busy bickering with each other to notice the suckling pig shrinking miserably in size, the lotus seed bun becoming soggier, and Granny Low growing bonier. Last year, the tension hanging over the dinner table was thicker than the runny shark fin soup, and Ah Ying stopped eating the remaining five courses entirely. Weaving her way through the crowd, Ah Ying soon spots her family huddling at a small table for seven among the larger ones in its vicinity. Great, her parents have not arrived yet. One hand still clutching the box of mooncakes, she fixes her hair as best as she can, runs through possible small talk openers, and rehearses answers for the imminent interrogation about Ah Ying. Holler's second uncle in his booming voice. His teenage son grimaces next to him. Look at you, girl, so skinny, starving yourself to fit in that wedding dress, hey? Hello, uncle. No, I have no such plans yet. As an afterthought, and my appetite is thriving. Thank you very much. She chances a glance at her cousin, who's now smirking. Unable to think of anything else to say, she looks around, pretending to search for her parents. She asks no one in particular, "Where are my parents? They should be on their way. Let me text them." Busying herself, she lets out a breath she's been holding and sighs in relief behind her phone. It is halfway through their mid-autumn dinner, and Madame Lo is trying her very best to follow what the family are talking about. Locked up in the nursing home all year round and stuck in a body well past its prime, she is no longer the matriarch who used to make most decisions for her children. Her strokes have reduced her to the shell of a body that only gurgles and drools. Now, her children only talk to her in that sing-songy voice, as if she were a toddler. She hates that. They think she's old and senile, and maybe she is, 
but her condition might be a blessing, though, when her family break into a cacophonous mess. No one expects her to step in when they are fighting over money matters, and certainly no one remembers what she used to say all the time. Leave your disputes elsewhere and be thankful for the food on the dinner table. Her four children would then share the mooncakes she would buy with her small allowances from her husband. She presently watches the soap opera unfold. Her second son, as usual, is talking over the table, and her only daughter, demure as ever, is deflecting the questions shooting her way with half-smiles and half-truths. Meanwhile, her granddaughter is trying to suppress a yawn. Well, Ah Ying, you haven't once brought any boyfriend home. It's about time. Now where have you hidden him? Her second son probes again with a conspiratorial expression on his face. Ah Ying's mouth opens and closes like a goldfish. Leave the poor girl alone, Madame Lo wants to interject. Unfortunately, the only sound she manages to make is a small whine that instantly dissolves into a loud clattering of wine glasses. The table next to them is now occupied by a merry family of 15, and at least half of them look inebriated. Still, the attentive eyeing catches the slight contortion of her granny's face and swiftly comes to her side. Gran, you okay? How about I get you some tea? Without waiting for an answer, the girl puts a silicone straw into a cup of chrysanthemum tea, her favorite, and brings it to her mouth. Easy, Gran. Don't burn your tongue. Madame Lo takes a sip, appreciating the warmth and the aroma of her favorite tea. If only her sons were half as attentive and her daughter more assertive. Madame Lo wishes she had said something all those years ago when she was not yet paralyzed, her voice still loud. Her old man. Where has that damn bastard gone? In her foggy memory, the family had said something about selling his things. What things? She cannot recall, but the man hangs on to his possessions like dear life, and certainly he won't let them. He couldn't have. Happy mid-autumn! Cheers! Another round of clinking of wine glasses from the family next to their little group pierces through her reverie. Madame Lo looks at the merry scenes of adults flushed from drinking and the kids flushed from running around the adults. And then at the unopened box of mooncakes in the center of the turning table. Printed on the box are smiling adults and children, each of them holding a mooncake that is too huge for her paralyzed mouth to take in. After 10 courses, three bottles of wine and a hundred grilling questions about her love life, the dinner had finally ended. Ah Ying breathes a sigh of relief. At least no one stormed out of the restaurant mid-dinner this time, she thinks as she maneuvers her grandmother's wheelchair in the streets. Since the night is still young and most people are still having family dinners, the streets are not as crowded as before. Her mind still reeling from the commotion in the restaurant, Ah Ying welcomes the cool night air and the silent company of her grandmother, whose head is bobbing sideways due to the bumpy road. They are trailing behind her parents and second uncle, who for once is not paying her any attention. Sometimes, Ah Ying wonders what the embattled old woman is thinking. 
Does she know her husband is gone forever? Behind her emotionless facade, does she cry about his absence in her solitude confinement in the nursing home? Does she feel an ounce of sadness at all when her oldest son and now her third one too distance themselves from the family? The adults walking in front have stopped walking, and Ah Ying follows their gaze to look at the night sky. She stoops down and speaks softly. Grandma, you see, the moon tonight is so beautiful. Madame Lo compiles and cranes her neck as best as she can. Yes, the moon is very beautiful. Its calming silvery hue softens her loud mouth son's hard jawline, while her daughter has a placid expression on her face. In that moment, no one in the Lo family makes a sound. All of them captivated by the eternal beauty of the full moon. Once again, Madame Lo is reminded of their good old days. The six of them and a few close relatives gathering in their modest little home and enjoying her signature dishes on this night every year. Her four kids would then play with the paper lanterns made by her husband well into midnight, and the rest of the family would sit in a circle to trade anecdotes until one of them yawned and called it a night. The moon tonight is indeed the brightest, the most magnificent Madame Lowe has ever seen. And that was me reading the story of Family Dinner, written by April Fung, who was the first prize winner of last year's of the adult category of last year's top story competition. Now, if you'd like to know more, feel free to visit uh, the Radio Three homepage, and you can find out more on our Facebook page as well. Don't forget, the theme this year is solitude, and the deadline for the entries once again is soon, very soon. It's in two days' time on the twenty seventh of November.